0: I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Directly Different. I am sharing with you a quick announcement today. I am going to be taking a short break from brand new episodes for the month of March. And I am, I mean, from the beginning, I've been a one-woman show. (laughs) I've done all the recording, all the editing, the uploading, the social media. And on top of that, I also have my own direct sales business, my wonderful team members, teammates, and of course, my family. And so it has just been a lot lately. And so I am going to be taking a break from brand new episodes so that way I can concentrate on some things behind the scenes that need my attention. And I am hoping to come back in full force in April with brand new episodes, amazing new guests, And new topics that are helpful for you and inspiring to you. And I am excited about what is to come. Everything is just fine, but I just need to add a few more hours back into my week so I can concentrate on some things behind the scenes. So I'm so excited about everything that's to come. And I'm also working on building up my recording library for summertime. So that way we don't have a break in the summer. So I'm hoping to take a short break now. That way I can come back stronger and better than ever in April. But I am going to be re-airing some Top episodes that you guys have loved listening to. And today I am re airing episode number 40 with Erin Etheridge, Determining Your Business Philosophy. This was an excellent episode. If you have not had a chance to listen, here you go. Erin has such a unique direct sales journey, and her ministry with her direct sales business is truly inspiring. She also has a very unique perspective on the industry as a whole. And these days, as you know, the world is crazy and it can be hard to run businesses during crazy world events. (laughs) We found that out the last two years and I know that many of us are feeling that right now and, you know, we feel helpless because of things happening and we also feel like we don't know how to keep our businesses running at full speed and I just feel like this is a great episode for some encouragement in that area. I know that my team members and I have been chatting and and we all kind of feel it. Like, oh, there's just something in the air and we can't ignore it for sure. So nothing is wrong if you are feeling stuck. That's totally normal. It's the way of the world right now. And I just wanted to acknowledge that this week and just let you know that you're not alone. We all feel it and we're all in this together. But just keep taking small steps forward and do what you can to keep your businesses propelling in the right direction. You got this. You got this. But today I am hoping that you find lots of encouragement from Erin's episode. And I would also love for you to follow me on Instagram at Directly Different Podcast. Also join the Facebook group, the Directly Different Collaborative. I will be active on those platforms during my break from brand new episodes. So you can always find me there. I'm not going anywhere and everything's fine, like I said. I just need a few more hours added back into my week <laughs> so I can provide more for you in the future. I hope you enjoy this re-airing of Aaron Etheridge's Determining Your Business Philosophy. Hi Aaron, how are you today? I'm so excited to talk to you about so many different things. How are you doing this fine morning?
1: I'm doing great, Tiffany. I am so honored that you invited me to have this conversation with you. I've really been looking forward to it.
0: Me too. Me too. And we honestly, I probably, I was thinking about this yesterday. We probably could do your episode in two parts. (laughs) There's so much to talk about. There's so many different things to talk about, but we're going to dive in. We're going to, it's going to be great. I'm so excited to chat with you about so many different things. So first to start off, tell us about
1: you and your family. Well, my name is Erin Etheridge and my family is a military family that just retired this month, um, after 24 years in the military. So we've moved around a bit. Um, our most exciting place was Japan where I had my two boys and they are five and seven, and then I have a ten-year-old daughter. I homeschool all of them, and that is the highlight of my life. It is so much fun to homeschool, and um, it's it's amazing to watch them wrestle with information and to learn with them. Really, so I'm in in many ways redeeming my own education through our homeschooling journey. But it's a lot of fun. That's great.
0: And you guys now live in Florida, right?
1: Yep. We are on the panhandle of Florida, which is pretty much Alabama, but we're on the water and, um, our house, we walk to the sound water every night. We love our family walks. So, um, yeah, we're in retirement mode, but my husband is just getting ready to go back into work. Um, and so we're at home, we're doing the same thing. We always do just homeschooling and doing life together.
0: That sounds so wonderful. So you have done some fun things in your life. I know that, you know, you just described, you know, your everyday life, homeschooling, military life, retirement life, living in Florida. It sounds great, but you've had some fun things that you've been a part of in your lifetime. So tell us some fun facts about you.
1: Yes. I, um, yeah, I've, I've got kind of a diverse resume. Um, I've done everything from selling peaches on the side of the road to, Um, I was a DJ on the radio. I was a television show host where I interviewed millionaires. I um, was a shoe model in New York City. (laughs) um, I've had all kinds of side businesses, painting advertisements on windows, and um, I'm a watercolor artist. And yeah, I've I've done a lot of random things that make sense in my head.
0: That is so much fun to hear about all those, yes, random, but like you said, they make sense for you. Mm -hmm. Very artistic, expressive, creative things, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that that's really the thing. Like I, I have to create something every day and that sometimes it's content. Sometimes it's a painting. Sometimes it's, I don't know. It's, it's always something I have to do something or else I haven't fulfilled my, my day.
0: So with all of those fun, cool things that you've done in your life, how did you get started in direct sales?
1: So we were stationed in Japan, um, as a military family. And I, there's another job. I was on staff at a church doing all of their marketing and literature. And, um, the church, kept going to an orphanage in the Philippines called Gentle Hands. And I really wanted to go, but I was always pregnant or nursing or my husband was deployed every time they would go. And so I was very involved with the fundraising aspects of the trips, but never got to actually go. But it really had my heart. I had several friends that adopted while we were there. Um, One of them adopted five siblings. And that was just above and beyond a beautiful story. And um, so then when we, when we left Japan and we moved to Florida, I still had this, this yearning to do something with gentle hands. And it was kind of odd for me because I'm, I'm not the type that I feel like I have to save everybody or be involved with all missions. I've never felt that way, but this one, one thing stayed just tugging on my heart. And, um, I remember praying, asking God, why did you give me this desire to do something in the Philippines and then move me to Florida where I'm not even in Asia anymore? Um, why did you give me this desire still and, uh, move me farther at the same time? Um, we, because we had moved from overseas, you can't take any liquids with you when you move. And so I had to leave all of my lemongrass spa stuff in Japan or use it all. And so I just happened to also be looking for a consultant that sold lemongrass spa so that I could restock on everything. I had another friend who was in the same boat as I was trying to find lemongrass spa. And so we decided that one of us was going to have to become a consultant because we need (laughs) we needed our stash of, of, um, lemongrass spa products. And, um, her husband said, no, not now. And so I was the one (laughs) I had to do it. (laughs) Uh, And so I didn't know anybody that sold, um, actively, but at the same time, I was asking God that, that question. And so it ended up being the answered prayer. That I could use my um, profits from any sales that came from Lemongrass Spa, which I had not planned on it becoming a a full legitimate business, but just anything extra that came from that I could donate that to Gentle Hands, I could have access to the products that my family were already using, and Yeah. And I felt like that was kind of the end of the conversation. If I felt like I wanted to give more to gentle hands, then I would just sell more and then have more to give. And so that was the original plan. Um, I ordered the consultant kit on my birthday in 2017. So that was my birthday gift to myself was the consultant kit. And it has just grown from there because I started out, you know, $20 here and there donating. And it has, it has grown, um, to the point where even this weekend, I'm going to a church to speak about gentle hands. And, um, that church is now giving to gentle hands regularly. So it has grown and expanded so much. Um, and I, I attribute that to, you know, I feel like this is God's business and I just ask him every day what he wants me to do with it. And so he has done whatever he has planned with it. Um, But yeah, it's it's definitely near and dear to my heart. And actually a couple of days ago I had a conversation with uh, my contact at Gentle Hands, who is located in Australia. (laughs) And um, it's it's amazing having that direct contact and getting the stories of how they're doing. Um, It just it just makes it even more personal for me.
0: I have loved seeing over the last couple of years, you are very transparent about, you know, the amounts that you're donating. And so I've loved, I have Mm -hmm. loved seeing that amount, you know, like you said, it started with $20 here and there and, you know, small checks, which make a huge Mm -hmm. difference, but then you it's, they're getting larger and larger. And that's so inspiring to see as your business grows, your impact is growing. Not that you can't have an impact with a small donation, but your impact is growing exponentially. And now you have other churches partnering with you to donate to the same cause. So I just, I love this so much. I think that it is so amazing that you
1: use your business in that way. Yeah. One of the things, whenever I communicate the, what we're donating, I say we, because I feel like my customers and my followers are doing this with me because they know that their orders, the consultant profits from their orders are being donated to gentle hands. So when I say we've donated $750 this month, they are part of that. You know, they are, they are donating, Mm -hmm. um, just by ordering products from me. And so it's, it's something that we're all doing together and uh, it makes it a lot more fun. I think yeah, people want to be involved with something that's larger than them
0: Yes, people do. They love, they're more likely to, oh yeah, I need some more face wash. And part of this purchase is going directly to, <laughs> to helping children that need it. And so, <laughs> yes, get me too. <laughs> so I'm sure that has been such a great way to, um, encourage sales just in your own, within your own customers, because they know it's going to such a great cause. Like, why do you feel so passionate about gentle hands? What do you think it is? I know you said that you just felt a connection to this ministry when you were over in Japan and first heard of it. And you've never even been there in person. Like, how do you, what do you think it is about gentle hands that you feel so connected to this
1: cause? I, I think that it is for no other reason than that's what I feel like the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart. I really do. I feel like this is um, something that I'm called to. I don't feel like I've been called to adopt, though I would personally love to. Um, I feel like God is using the skills, all these random things that I've done throughout my life. Totally random is how they sound, but to him, he's orchestrating something. And so he's using those skill sets to do something And my part is just to be obedient in that.
0: I love that. I love that. And God truly, he takes all parts of our life. And like you said, they are not random. They're all for a purpose and they all fit together in this very puzzling life. (laughs) Life (laughs) is weird and it sometimes doesn't make sense. But then if we could have a bird's eye view, God has this bird's eye view. He knows the future. He knows he knew it you know back before we were even a thought and he has this whole plan laid out for us mm-hmm. and it's so cool as we age because <laughs> yeah. that's happening as we age it's so neat to see how all those pieces fit together and how like oh well that's why i you know mm-hmm. did this thing back 3 years ago or that's why we went to japan or that's why i got connected to this ministry because, you know, so it is wonderful to see just how all those pieces fit together. It's so neat. So people who are listening, you know, most, if not all couldn't possibly donate all their profits. I think that's just so amazing that you do that, but I know that, you know, I use my profits to pay part of it. I pay for my kid's Christian school bill. And so I couldn't use all of my profit. I couldn't donate all my profits because then I wouldn't be able to pay for school. But Mm -hmm. what would you say to those listening who may not be able to donate everything that they're making, but they want to make a difference. They want to make an impact. They want to have a giving spirit when it comes to their direct sales business.
1: Yeah, this is, um, this is not, it's not the first time I've heard this question. Um, and I, I think about another job that I had was um, in the corporate world. I did sales in a technology, very fast-paced business and marketing there a few years afterwards. And I never had a conversation about giving when I was in corporate. I I think a lot of it was this very male-dominated industry. And um, this is a conversation that women have constantly. I think that as women, we are naturally givers and we give our bodies, we give life, we give all day long, um, our time and our energy and our attention. And the ironic thing is at the end of the day, for some reason, we always feel like we haven't given enough, Mm -hmm. but as, as women, we need to, um, I think go back to who it is that we're serving. And, um, you know, we serve our God, we serve our family. And, you know, sometimes we serve our dreams or whatever it is that that you are ultimately trying to do. So you have to go back to that and figure out what am I willing and capable to give and then draw the line. Um, So for example, this last year when we had our incentive trip come out, Um, with all of the details, I took it to my husband and said, okay, this is the incentive trip. I know I can do this. I've been in corporate sales. I have training. I I know this is what I need to do to do this. What I'm asking you is, do you feel like that I should? Do you feel like this is a good use of our time as a family? Because anything that I give to direct sales that time comes out of something else. That effort comes out of something else. And so for everything that the members of our family do, we have to decide, is this where we want to invest? And is this where we want to give? And so when, as a family, if we decide, okay, this year is not a good year. We're retiring from the military. We don't know what to expect with this. You know, These are the things that um, your time needs to be spent somewhere else. When we make that decision as a family, it's hard to make that decision because you know, okay, I could give more, like I could sleep less and give more. But once that decision has been made, the hard part is when the incentive trip earners come out and you realize, like, I could have done that. But you have to, at that point, I think, give yourself grace. The only thing left that you have to give is grace, and you have to give that to yourself. So it's easy to, look at money because it's quantifiable and you can take the emotions out of it and say, well, I can give more money, but you're giving in so many other ways that I think we tend to devalue like our time and attention. Um, but it's, it's even more valuable, I think. And you have to decide where you want to give what, and then you have to let it go. And you have to say, this is enough. I'm, I'm okay with this. This is, this is where I give Mm -hmm. and the the line for that, because that's what I have to give. Um, as women we're, we're the last ones to give ourselves grace with that.
0: I love that. That really gives people freedom to choose you know, what they, what, like you said, what they can give. And if someone can't give monetarily or they can't give a lot monetarily, you know, you made a good point that they can give of their time or use their, the ministry of their business to bless others in different ways that might not have a monetary value, but it is very valuable when you look at the big picture, because if you can't give up your profits because you use it for household bills, but you can be an amazing customer service expert and Mm -hmm. take care of your customers from, you know, day one, then that's very valuable because then those people feel valued and you are blessing them by your relationship, your friendship, your time. And so that's a great way to look at it is maybe you can't give everything you make to a ministry, but you can give other things like time, energy, (laughs) and -hmm. things like that. So that's a really good point. I love that. Okay. So I mentioned at the beginning that this could definitely be a (laughs) two-parter because we have so much to chat about, but I wanted to talk to you also today, besides just this generous ministry that you have with Gentle Hands in the Philippines and just giving your lemongrass profits to this amazing orphanage. I also wanted to talk to you about a very different topic, (laughs) which is social media. Right. <laughs> so, you really stand out when it comes to social media content creation. What different platforms are you currently on?
1: And I started out in Facebook, still very active on Facebook. I launched my Instagram business um this last December. I have always been on YouTube, though I did not use it the way it was originally created. Um, I store all my videos on YouTube. I store all my graphics on Pinterest. I um, am very active in TikTok, though I'm trying to figure out how direct sales fits within that platform. And I I have a couple others that I plan to master (laughs) eventually.
0: So what do you think that you love the most about, I mean, that's so many platforms. I don't know how you keep it safe, but what do you, what do you love the most? I mean, I think the answer, I think I know the answer, but what do you love the most about being on social media and trying all these new platforms?
1: Well, first of all, it's, um, when you're on a lot of platforms, you, you have a hard time mastering any of them. (laughs) So I have to, have to throw that out there first, but I, I love the creative aspect of it. What I feel like these days people get the most from in social media is that what they're looking for is they're looking to be entertained or inspired or educated. And so I am finding that the content that reaches my For You page or um, timeline, they are things that are either entertaining, inspiring, or educational of things that we're interested in. I love that it Caters to what your interests are because that gives you a better audience and then it also shows you things that you are genuinely interested in. Mm-hmm. So I love algorithms.
0: Yes, they're you love them or you hate them, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> but I love that you have taken on the challenge of figuring it out, you know, and not that anyone's ever going to have yeah. it all figured out, but it is, it really is like a, it's like a game. It, it really is. And if you, you know, put your quarter in the right way, yeah.
1: then yeah. outcomes, you know, a high score, which is so fun. I think the thing with social media too, is you, you have to be willing to fail yes. and know that that is not a reflection of you mm-hmm. and, and to try new things and to fail and to not look at it as a failure, but to see it as an ongoing conversation. Mm -hmm.
0: So what kinds of things are you, so you said you're doing YouTube videos and you're putting things on Pinterest and um, you're doing Instagram and TikTok. What are some different videos that you, what inspires you to create these videos and these, this content for these platforms?
1: So originally when I created YouTube videos, it was to use in what we used to call parties, which have been switched to events, which now I prefer to call like workshops so that I would have a link that I could repurpose content. Then it kind of turned into whenever I would see common questions, for example, which moisturizer should I get? Or um, how do I tell the difference between these four bombs. Um, I would just do a video on it so I could send them a video that had a more thorough explanation with the products actually in the videos. Um, So I was using it as tools to help me sell. Now content has turned more into understanding um, what people relate to in that um, there are certain things that they're looking for, for example, they want to use natural skincare because they're looking to be healthier. So then content has turned more into, okay, these are the types of ingredients that you look for when you're looking for natural skincare. And then, oh, by the way, I happen to have the products that I'm selling in the video. Um, So i become, the goal is to become um, the subject matter expert of the thing that they are researching so that they find you and look for your advice even furthermore on what specific products to buy hmm
0: And I will say, I'll add in here too. I mean, you've had several years of experience, so you are an expert, but those who are just starting out and you're like, well, I want to make a video, but I'm not an expert. Yes, you are. <laughs> you're, you're an expert. If you are putting out content and you are, you know, if it's accurate information and people are going to look to you as the expert. And so you don't have to be any kind of like, you don't have to be an esthetician in order to make a video like that, because you're the expert more than they are. That's for sure.
1: Well, one thing I think is important to keep in mind whenever you are just starting with um, learning something is to share that. Like say, this is what I just learned. I learned that if you do this, this is the result or whatever it is, I think that there is um, a lot of relatability in being able to say, this is what I'm learning about. And I'm really excited about it. So I wanted to share it with you. I think that people really relate to that, because they also are on a learning journey for whatever that topic is. And, um, and I think that, that you benefit from that transparency a lot more than what we used to, because you used to have to be certified with a degree in something to say that you can talk about it, but we have learned that you don't actually always need a degree in something. You can learn a lot on your own and that's enough to, um, to share what it is that you're learning. Most definitely.
0: And in order to know what topics to talk about, like you said, moisturizers or skincare you have to know your audience. So how do you get to know your audience by just listening to their questions? Or do you, what else do you do to get that, those topics, you know, from them,
1: the topics that you need to do videos on or content on? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a couple strategies with that. One of them is building your audience and then catering to that audience. Um, the other one is to build your message and then put things in place so that, the people who will relate to that message will find you. And that's really where social media is going. You, and actually is currently, in my opinion, you look at things like hashtags and, um, you know, tag words, things that, um, that social media has in place. People who relate to that or are searching for that information will find you. So I think just getting your information out there, whatever content it is that you're sharing, and then understanding how that platform finds the audience for you. That's really where social media is, um, is beautiful right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. It's really about building communities. No matter what platform you're on, you can build a community of like-minded
0: people. And that's where you're going to thrive is when you are surrounding yourself with people who. You guys are all kind of in the same subject matter. You want to learn about the same thing, or you want to do the same thing. That's Mm -hmm. where you're going to find those people for sure. So what results have you seen from really dialing in this social media strategy that you've
1: implemented over the last couple of years? I have found different platforms affect different parts of my business. Um, For example, I can post the exact same content on all of the platforms that, that we were talking about earlier. And Facebook, I'll find customers. Instagram, I'll connect with other direct sellers. YouTube is where most of my team has come from. And, um, it's interesting to see that even if it's the same content, people use the same content in different ways based on what their needs are at the moment.
0: That's so interesting. I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it really has been interesting, um, yeah I think it's so much fun to to look at the numbers of things, look at the insights and the demographics and and to see how people use the content that you put out. so we have obviously seen a
0: shift in direct sales and how direct sales is perceived, how it's run, how it's how business is done we've We've really seen a shift, especially in the last year. Mm-hmm. but I mean, in the last little while. So, tell us a little bit about your observations on mm-hmm. what you think about this shift and what you see for direct sales in the future.
1: I think it's very interesting to watch um, through social media because the conversation is changing in the way that people um, consume content and the way that people buy. Um, people obviously love to buy online. Um, Since the pandemic, it became necessary for for a while there. And so those habits were formed, but they want transparency. You're seeing that a lot with people's expectations for ingredients in their products and um, how products are made. They want to know that they're made um, safely. (laughs) And I think people are taking it to the next level and they want to be involved more in the process of how those products are sold to them and I think a lot of what you're seeing in social media with direct sales and multi-level marketing is because of people's desire for transparency they want to know where their money is going they want to know um, everything about the way that the products are made and the way that it is sent to them, the packaging, all of those things are starting to become important to consumers. They want to know where it's made and what the factory is like. I mean, it's 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 really a beautiful thing that creates a lot of discomfort for companies. Um I think it's a it's a good discomfort because it makes companies look at the way that their business practices are. And I think it's it's good overall. Um, But direct sales is also seeing that because you see it in conversations on social media. Um, And as consultants um, or people who are in the direct sales model, I think it's important to be aware of that conversation and to not be afraid of it, but to be part of that conversation. Um, I don't necessarily have a, a solution for it, but I do know that you direct sales will have to adapt or else it will be canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's probably the best word for it. (laughs) it happens so quickly in, in our American culture. And so I think that there's, we're right on that cusp of, um, having to be part of that conversation. And so I think it is something that we need to talk more about, about what the transparency is and how do we communicate the transparency of business practices. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting conversation and I definitely feel that shift. And it's something that I've been thinking a lot about because I want, um, I want my followers and my customers to have their questions answered. And, and I prefer to be the one to give them that before they even figure out how to ask the question that is going on inside of them and and going on within those conversations that they are hearing.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so insightful. I love that. Yes. And I think a really trendy word is pivot, but I think that that's what companies are doing and should be doing is pivoting their business models. their the way that they've always done things like Tupperware has been around and I love Tupperware, but Tupperware Mm -hmm. has been around for 75 years. Like if they are operating their business and they're not, but if they were operating their business, like they were 75 years ago, that's not going to work that, that original direct sales model, the first in-home party (laughs) that took place 75 years ago, that is, that's not how we do things anymore. And, uh, the parties are not dead. We were talking about this earlier, but parties are not dead. They're not out but like you said they're they're different they're workshops they're fundraisers they're they're different things that we're doing that aren't what we are used to doing and they might make us feel uncomfortable and they might be a new way and those who have been in the business for a long long time are can be it can be a little scary and a little even me i've been for 5 years and i have seen a change from you know in-home parties are the way to go and now it's like well no, (laughs) it's not always the way to go. And I love a good in-home party, but like you said, people are looking for more than just go to someone's house, buy some products and go on their merry way. They're looking for a community. They're looking for transparency. They're looking for something that will improve their life or else they're not going to waste their time on it. So I love that you are very in tune to this shift in direct sales and the direct sales industry. And I think that, that people really, the people who are doing well are picking up on this too. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I remember when I first started, I've, I've always been a hundred percent online. I've never done in-home events. Um, and I was told this is not sustainable. You cannot, you cannot run a business online. Um, and that wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was 2017. You have to be aware of the way that your customers are buying and join the conversation um, because that's where the opportunities are. So I've noticed on TikTok, some of the most um, popular accounts are the most random accounts. So for example, there's this guy with a duck. He does just life with a duck there's um somebody who she's the pyrex lady like she does like baking things like i mean it's like really random things um i could go on and on about the randomness of it but the the point is like whatever it is in your life that you're passionate about If you share that, people will relate to that. And I think that if you can share whatever it is, whether you are a farmer's wife or, you know, um, somebody who just homeschools or somebody who is a personal assistant to somebody, you know, whatever it is that you do to share that and then um, the products that you use to be part of that story that seems to be a very genuine way that people respond because they get to know you as a person and um, they're either entertained inspired or educated by the information that you're sharing and then the products are just part of your life as they are and um and so they are interested in that part as well then it's not a selling it really is the sharing which is the, the word that we use with direct sales anyway, that really is the sharing part of it because you are sharing what it is that you're passionate about. And the products are just part of that conversation.
0: Mm -hmm. I know people hear it over and over again, but it needs to be repeated. Just be yourself (laughs) and people, the people who are attracted to that are going to be your people. And they're going to be they're going to, they're going to come to you. And I know that's easier said than done. Cause I know that I need to work on, you know, just showing up authentically online. It's not, it's hard sometimes to do that. But if you do that, like you said, people are, people see that passion. They don't care about the details. They care about that passion that you have and they're They're very attracted to it. And so I, I love that advice. Yeah. That's great to just find that passion and start talking about it because somebody's going to listen and then you're going to find the people who want to be who want to be in your community. Right. So, those listening who are like, "Okay, yes, I definitely need to be more present on social media. I need to, you know, up my game on some of these platforms. What are some tips that you have for those listening who want to be more present and do more things on social media and have better results on social media but they don't know where to start?" Mm.
1: I think people often are um, overwhelmed at the idea of posting content because there there used to be an expectation that you had to be how Instagram used to be where everything was filtered and perfect and laid out and all the tiles create a bigger mosaic like this this image of um, social media has it's changed. It's not that clean and perfect anymore people are relating more to um, the realness of life and so the content that you're seeing now that uh, people are relating to is typically not as edited it's not as filtered it is more raw it's just jumping on for 30 seconds and sharing something it has it's a lot more fun uh, whether it be music added on or effects, um, which are included in applications, any any social media app that you have will have those features that are very easy to use. Um, but it it's not as um, it's not as perfect as it used to be expected, and so it's a perfect time to join social media where you can just share. Just share for 30 seconds, keeping it short and sweet. And um, and the quantity of content seems to be more important than the quality of it these days, Um, which is good because you can make lots of short thoughts, a lot of short sharing, and then see what sticks. And if it doesn't, then that's not a failure. That's that's you continuing the conversation that you're having with um, your customers and your followers.
0: Yes. So true. I mean, even this week, Instagram announced that it's not really for photo sharing anymore. It's for video. It's for real life. It's for short quips of content that people can digest easily and quickly and hop on and get some inspiration and hop off. And so I think that that shows a huge shift in how we do things too. The world is changing. (laughs) What do they say in Ferris Bueller? life moves pretty fast. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we're
1: seeing is it moves fast. Yeah. I think it's, you know, and I think the other thing too, is like, you don't have to go viral. Like, I I feel like we have these expectations with this generation that it's like all or nothing, but it's not like it's, you share your little corner of the world and people who relate to that will come. Um, and our corner of the world includes direct selling and, um, people will relate to that part too. Just like you found your niche of um, direct sellers um, joining your conversation. Anything you do on social media, people will join that conversation also.
0: Yes. And I think too, the biggest thing, and I know that you would echo this because I think we've mentioned it. I think that we've said it to each other, even you know as we've prepared for this episode, but you just have to start. You just have to do something. <laughs> like if you don't do something and you're not going to get in the game. And if you don't get in the game, you're going to fall behind. And social media, it should be fun. Like you said, it's so fun. You love it. It should be fun, but you just have to jump in and do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. I'm talking to myself. I go back and look at, you know, the first reels that I did or the first, even my, some of my first podcast episodes, it's like, Ooh, you know, but and I'm still improving. I'm only, you know, 40 ish episodes in. So it's not, I'm not that far in, but you really do improve over time and you have to keep practicing. It's like any skill you just have to keep practicing, keep doing it. Keep if live video scares you just do live video and just keep doing it. It doesn't matter because people, people will love you no matter what.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think it, my, my philosophy on social media is lines up with my thoughts on giving too in in that you have to decide what it is that you want to give to social media and then give yourself the grace for anything else past that. Um, So for example, I know the marketing aspect of how to blow up a social media platform, but I am not willing to give that much of my time and attention for what it would take to do that. So when I don't blow up on social media and when I don't have the followers um, and the numbers and the insights that that others don't, I have to give myself the grace because I made a logical decision of what I was willing to give um, to get to that point. And I think you have to do that if you're just starting on social media too. You have to decide, what am I willing to give to this? And then give that. And if you don't get results past that, don't beat yourself up about it because that's what you have to give and that's enough. Um, But to make it a logical um, decision of like, this is what I'm willing to, to give to this. It's, it takes out permission for you to beat yourself up about doing more, um, we're so hard on ourselves with everything. And social media is one of those things too. So you just have to decide what you're willing to do and then let the rest go. And don't say, I need to, I need to do this. I need to do that. Like I have to, or else I'm going to fail or I have to, or else I'm going to fall behind. I think direct sales as an industry has to do that, but as individual direct sellers, we can give ourselves more grace because the whole industry is not going to fall if we don't get on social media. Mm -hmm. That's something that the direct sales industry has to figure out. But us as direct sellers, we're looking at our family and um, our call in life. And this is a part of our life, but it's not everything. So it's not a failure. If we don't get on social media, it's not, um, we're not going to fall. If we don't keep up, we just have to decide what we want to give to that, and then let that be enough. Mm-hmm. That is excellent advice. It's true.
0: Setting boundaries is so helpful. Determine, you know, okay, I'm going to post. Like I know for my Instagram, I try to post a reel a week and a post a week, and I'm okay with that right now. Like you said, it's yep. not like I have I don't have 10,000 followers. That's okay. I don't want 10,000 followers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do, but you know what I mean. But I, you know, I'm okay with that because that's. If I was doing if I was spending 247 on Instagram and wasn't seeing the results, okay, then maybe something's wrong, but I'm also not spending a ton of time on social media platforms or trying not to, you know. But it's like you said, it's the work that you put into it is going to come out and you have to be okay with that. Like you said, you have to just you have to know in advance, like, okay. this is my time to work on this platform and you know, the results are going to come from that and whatever comes, comes, it's fine. So I love that advice. Excellent advice. And like you said, if you're, if you're spending your time growing your social media platforms, then you that's taking time away from, from something else. And that's also, there's also a point of you know, there's seasons in life. So you know, you're homeschooling and you are a military family or just coming out of mil- being a military family family. and if you know maybe someday when all the kids, which this is a ways off, but when all the kids are out of the house or something, you know or if you have more time, then you can devote you could decide what to do, what more to devote to different platforms or different different aspects of your business. But for now, you're in a busy season of life. And so those listening, you know, just, just know we don't need to remind you, but there are so many different seasons of life and you're going to find inspiration in all of those seasons. And you're going to know what
1: you need to do at which time, because you can't do it all, all the time. That's right. It's true. We really need to give ourselves more grace. Um, the other thing is as a Christian, I, I lay my business down every day. and so I think if, if, you, um, if you're a Christian, that's something that I would recommend doing because it changes everything. When you are constantly giving it back to God, then he may have totally other plans for it that is above and beyond what you could imagine. Um, so that's something that also allows you to give yourself more grace in that if this is where God is building my business and I've done what he's told me to do with it, then then that's in his hands and he may change his mind in the next season. Um, I also think that there is a great importance of looking at direct sales as a long game. There is longevity in this and you don't have to go viral today. This is um, when I look at direct sales, this is something I will do all of my life. And so everything that I invest, every piece of content that I make, every um, conversation that I have is an investment. It is a seed being sown. It is something that will go on for maybe even generations um, because this is a business that you can hand down to your children. And so when I look at it like that, I'm not wasting my time by... um, anything that I do in my business, because this is a, it's a, it's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong conversation. So there's a lot of grace in that too, in that the urgency is not, you know, productivity immediately, you know, you will see that down the road. If you continue to invest a little bit every day and continue to make a little progress.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause viral does not equal successful always. And I think sometimes we think that, you know, like, oh, I went viral. They must be so, su- or they went viral. They must be so successful. That's not always the case. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes a lot to keep something like that up, like you said. And it so does. if you, you'll burn yourself out, you see that all the time when people are on social media influencers or celebrities or people like that who just snap <laughs> after a while. And so you have to be able to know your boundaries and to know <laughs> when it's time to to go and when it's time to stop. And so I just, I love this advice. I think it was so inspirational, even to me, you know, as a direct seller on social media, I think that anybody listening would be able, will get inspiration from this. And then of course, just the ministry of your business, giving back to gentle hands in the Philippines, that's so special and such an amazing thing that you do for that ministry. And I just appreciate you sharing all of this wisdom and advice. And I just love your philosophy on your business. And I appreciate you spending time with us and sharing with us all of your wise words. Thank you so much for being here, Erin.
1: Thank you. This was so much fun. I could talk about this like (laughs) every day, all day long. (laughs) Thank you so much again.
0: I'd love to keep the conversation going and I'd love to get to know you better. Join our free community group, the Directly Different Collaborative over on Facebook. There you will find like-minded friends from the direct sales industry and you'll be able to ask questions and get feedback on the things you need help with. You'll find a link to the group in the show notes. One more thing.